Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of Jesus on prayer couldn't be simpler. Ask and you will receive. Boom. That's it, right? And Jesus says elsewhere. It's like knocking on a door. Knock and the door will be open to you. Seek and you shall find. Ask and you'll receive. What, what more do we need to know? Short sermon. This is what prayer amounts to. Asking the Lord. But you don't have to dig too much deeper beneath the surface, surface before you come to a conundrum. And the conundrum is this. If God knows what we need before we even ask him, and he does, right? We know this not just because of his, his character, who he is as God, but because he tells us. Jesus says in Matthew 6, he, he says, look, when you're praying, don't heap up empty phrases the way that the Gentiles do, because why? God knows what you need before you ask him. You say, well, hold on there then. <laughs> if he already knows what we need before we, before we even ask him, why do we need to ask? Why should we ask? No, that's a little bit trickier. Now, somebody will say to me, well, Pastor, that's an easy one, because Jesus says so, right? And that's not a bad answer. That'll get you pretty far, actually. Jesus says so. Okay, good enough. I mean, let's be clear on this. Prayer, prayer is not some elective in the school of faith. It is part of the core curriculum, okay? It is there for every single believer. We are all called upon to ask. But every parent will tell you that the, uh, the response, because I said so, it works for a little while, right? But it'll only get you so far. There's got to be more to it, a, a deeper rationale to it. So why is it? Why do we need to ask if God already knows what we need? Well, people will give different answers to this question. One answer is one that's pretty common nowadays. You'll find it on the, the covers of magazines and on blogs, websites. It's what you might call the, the answer that it is personally or psychologically beneficial. Prayer helps you. For instance, I, I came across this uh, article on the web. It said, this is your brain on prayer. That was the title of it. This is your brain on prayer. And the author laid out all of these, these benefits to prayer. He said, through prayer, we know this through scientific research, prayer will make you a happier, more optimistic person. Prayer can help people who are struggling with addiction to kick that addiction. Prayer can help people to resist that kind of fight or flight response, to kind of keep their wits about them in the face of difficulties. And on and on they went. They had like a dozen different benefits, psychological, personal benefits to prayer. And here was the kicker. The author of this article, she said that she herself didn't even believe in God. She was an agnostic. She said, Isn't this great? You don't even have to believe in God and prayer still helps you. Wow, what a deal. Now look, <clears throat> on the one hand, I am loath to tell you well, prayer isn't going to benefit you. All right? I'm not going to say that. Of course, I would echo all these things. Prayer does benefit you. And if prayer makes you a happier person, helps you to deal with trials, especially would help you to deal with addiction, I say, yeah, 
That's awesome. That's great. I should hope so. But, you knew there was a but coming. But, this is not why we need to ask. Am I right? This is not why we pray. And for a couple of reasons. First of all, I just bristle anytime the things of God are kind of put in this, this consumer mentality and mindset that we tend to have in our culture. Where everything, we just look at everything and say, how can it benefit me? Right? How's it going to help me? We treat everything like it's a buffet. And what can I pick here? Oh, this is good. Prayer can help me. Okay, I'll do a little bit of prayer. I'll dabble in some of that. And maybe some Zen meditation can help too. I'm cool with that. Whatever works tends to be the slogan of our culture. This is emphatically not the posture of God, much less the way that our Lord Jesus teaches prayer here. Hey, you guys, ask me because really whatever works, right? That is not what Jesus said. But there's an even more profound issue at root here, and it's hinted at by the, the author of that article when she says, you don't even have to believe in God. Look, you can no more have prayer without God than you can have a wedding without a groom. See, that's not a one-sided deal. Prayer is a holy conversation between you and your heavenly Father. It's not just some kind of hocus-pocus, some silver bullet that if you do that, you're going to be okay. I absolutely believe and agree that, that prayer is even more helpful for your soul than, than Tylenol is for a headache, okay? But we don't pray just because it, it's good for us. There's more to it. Okay, so to this question then, why do we ask if God already knows what we need. I want to reject this answer that says, well, because it's personally beneficial to you. It is, but that's not why we need to ask. A second answer is given, and I call this the Pascal perspective. There's a famous quote uh, attributed to the philosopher Blaise Pascal, who said something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing, he says, by means of prayer, God communi communicates to his creatures the dignity of causality. There's a mouthful for you. God communicates to his creatures the dignity of causality. What does he mean by that? Well, we might put it in simpler kind of bumper sticker terms by saying prayer changes things, right? Prayer changes things. This is why we need to ask, because prayer wields power. And once again, we have to say, yeah, that's true. We can see it throughout the scriptures. For example, take, take the example of, of Moses. You remember the story of Moses when um, he goes up on the mountain, on Mount Sinai, to receive the Ten Commandments from the Lord. And while he's up there, the people are down below and they're thinking, golly, Moses is taking a long time. Am I right, guys? Yeah, he's taking a really long time. He's been gone for a couple of weeks talking to the Lord. What do you guys say we make a golden calf and pray to it? Who's with me? And they're like, that makes sense. Yes, let's do that. You know? Those questions we'll have when we get to heaven. How did that golden calf thing really unfold? But this is what they do. And needless to say, God is not happy. And he says, he sounds like an angry mama bear. He says, Moses, get out of the way so that I can bring my judgment upon the people. They have sinned grievously. They have earned the wrath of God upon them. But Moses does what? Moses prays. 
He stands in the breach between the Lord and between his people, and he prays and pleads on their behalf. Lord God, remember your promise. Remember your covenant. Have mercy on this foolish people. Please don't do this thing. And God hears that prayer. Moses' prayer changes what God was evidently planning to do. Prayer does change things. But if we make that our primary reason why we need to ask God, it can lead us down a difficult path. It can give you the impression that God is just sort of waiting in heaven on tiptoe to see, okay, What's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. Angels, do you know? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm waiting for them to ask to see how this is all going to play out. I kind of have what I want to happen, but we'll see how they pray. It can give a picture, in other words. It can give you a picture of God as not being the all-powerful one, but of being the all-wimpy one who's waiting on us to find out what the, the future of history and the cosmos is. And you don't need me to tell you that is not the case. God has all of history in the palm of his hand. It says in Psalm 139 that the pages of every day of your life as a book are already written. There's no surprises to God. He's all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing. It's not the case that he's waiting for you and me to pray to determine the course of of future events. In the mystery of this relationship between our free will and God's action, prayer is right there. Lord, I know that you're in charge, but in humility I come before you and I ask you. Remember what we learn in the small catechism. We pray, thy will be done. What does this mean? The will of God is done even without what? Our prayer. But we pray in this petition that his will would be done among us also. Prayer does change things, but that's not why we need to ask. God's will is done even without our prayer. We need not fear that he's standing up there waiting in heaven for how we're going to pray. All right, so then why? Why do we need to ask? If it's, if it's not because, on the one hand, it's just psychologically or, or personally beneficial, and it's not fundamentally because it changes things, then why do we need to ask when God already knows what we need? Well, the, the final answer I want to give you today is put very beautifully by a, a guy by the name of George MacDonald. He was a, a Scottish theologian and author and novelist. Is one of the great inspirations for C.S. Lewis, actually. And MacDonald took up this question in an essay. Why should it be necessary to ask God for anything? MacDonald says this. I answer, what if God knows prayer to be the thing we need first and most? What if the main object in God's idea of prayer be the supplying of our great, our endless need? The need of himself. What if the good of all of our smaller and lower needs lies in this, that they help to drive us to God? You understand what he's saying there? 
saying that all of the things that tend to provoke us to prayer, what he calls those lower needs, all of those things are good insofar as they drive us to prayer, but that prayer is what we really need. Why is that? Because prayer is, is the, the, the first fruits of that communion with God, of conversing and living in relationship with God. And that's what you and I need more than we need food and drink. What we need more than anything else is to dwell in that relationship with the Lord. You, you think of the psalm, Psalm 42, as a deer pants for flowing streams. So my soul pants for you, O God. My soul longs for God, for the living God. All of the other things that we pray for and that we pray about, those are important to God. But look, he could give those to you anyway. And point of fact, he often does. I mean, let's be honest. How many things does God graciously give to us without us ever even asking for them? Am I right? But our deepest, our most profound need is that relationship with the Lord, communion with him. And insofar as, as prayer draws us to him, that's what we need most. Say, ask, ask. You might think of it like this. Imagine a, a little boy runs away from home, seven, eight, nine years old, runs away from home. He's, he's mad at his mom and dad. And so he takes off and he says, I'm never coming home again until dinner rolls around. You know, and the grumbles start coming in the belly. And that little boy starts thinking, oh, maybe we can work it out. Right? And so he goes, goes back home. Now his lower needs were that hunger, right? To, that's what drives him back home into the, the arms of his father. But more than he needs this or that meal, what does he need? He needs that embrace from dad. He needs that love from his parents more than he needs bread. This is how it is for you and me. See, Why do we need prayer? Why do we need to ask when God knows what we need already? Because in asking, you and I are driven into the arms of our Heavenly Father. The scriptures use this beautiful Hebrew, Aramaic term for God sometimes, Abba. And Abba can be roughly translated as Daddy. We're driven into the arms of Abba. That's why you need prayer. God knows what you need already, but what you need more than anything else is him. Ask and you will receive, Jesus says. He doesn't say you'll receive exactly what you asked for. You notice that? What will you receive? No matter what. You will receive that deeper fellowship and communion with your Savior. You will receive more and more from the riches of his grace. We have all received, it says in John 1, we have all received from his fullness, grace upon grace upon grace. Ask and you will receive from him. I'll give you one last thought. A man came to me some years ago with a, a problem, what he thought was a problem. He came to me, he said, Pastor, I got to tell you something I'm feeling guilty about. He said, when I, I go and I, I pray before God at night, I keep finding myself falling asleep in the middle of my prayers. 
Any of you ever done this? He said, I feel so guilty about it. And he would have right to feel, he'd be right to feel guilty about it from that perspective of if it's just psychologically beneficial, okay? Well, I'm falling asleep. I'm not going to get the full benefit of my prayers. Or even from this perspective of, of just the, the Pascal perspective of prayer changing things. If I fall asleep, then who knows what's going to happen or not going to happen because I'm not praying. That could lead to some profound anxiety, I think. But I told him what I tell you. You know what? When my kids were small, I was holding them in my arms on the off chance that they happen to fall asleep in my arms, I could find no greater delight in that. Because here is one who trusts me and depends on me wholly. This is what your Heavenly Father delights in. For you to rest in the arms of Abba. So in the final analysis, it's good news that he already knows what you need. You don't need to be anxious. You don't need to be worried. He knows the thoughts and the feelings of your heart. Come to him. Pray to him. Ask him. Rest in the arms of your Abba. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.